Welcome to SportsCars, a podcast where Chicago sports broadcasting pioneer and a national legal expert get into the legal goings of sports. And now your hosts, Chet Kovic and Lester Munson. Sports Car Time. Welcome once again. How you doing, everybody? Chet Kopic along with ESPN legal expert. There is nobody better than Lester Munson. Sports Court, of course, brought your way by John Coyne, the great people at American Taxi. For you people in the suburbs, uh, whatever the trip may be, you will never get a more comfortable ride than you will with American Taxi. Lester, NFL football, while uh, we await the Bears, the Green Bay Packers, the uh, lockout does loom. Uh, talk about the National Football League players and what kind of relief they might get via the vehicle known as television. They have met, The National Football League, Chet, has done a series of contracts which say that even though there are no games, all of the networks, including ESPN, everybody, they must pay for games that they will never be able to broadcast. Mm-hmm. So-called lockout clause. Some people call it lockout insurance. The Players Union, led by the great lawyer Jeffrey Kessler, are challenging that. They've gone to court on it. They're in front They've argued the case. They've presented evidence. They've presented experts on the economics of television, the economics of entertainment. And they finished the case last week, and now we're waiting for a decision from the arbitrator. His name is Stephen Burbank. He's a professor at the Penn Law School. The Players Union is hoping that they can knock out these contracts, that they're a violation of the owner's duty to maximize revenue for the owners and for the players, and that if they can do that, then the owners have considerably less leverage when they finally lock out the players uh, beginning in early March. Now, hypothetically, if uh, the players come up a loser in front of the arbitrator, mm-hmm. would they have the right to uh, go to a court of law and file some type of motion, some type of appeal, or file some type of lawsuit seeking relief based on some uh, uh, given form of unfair labor practice? They absolutely do. If they lose in front of Burbank, the arbitrator, then they go to Minneapolis, federal court there, Judge David Doty. Uh, That will be an automatic appeal for either side, but if the players lose, they will definitely go there. Uh, Doty is the guy who presided over the trials under the leadership of Gene Upshaw that led to free agency and all the benefits and the big bonuses that players now have. So they will be very happy to get in front of Judge Doty, where they usually have a chance to win. Uh, but this, So that'll take—we're not going to know the, a final answer on something like this until April and, or May, and by then we're going to know a little bit more about the lockout, too. You know, my friend, uh, on the way over, you and I were talking about uh, uh, pro football and gambling. And uh, the possibility, and this uh, uh, may shock a few people, but I have good reason to believe that during the 30s, 40s, into the 50s, perhaps even the uh, 60s, from time to time, National Football League games were bought. They were tanked. Lester, you couldn't do it today because Las Vegas is the great governing body. Las Vegas would see an unnatural line movement and hop right in. It is amazing to me how closely... The authorities in Las Vegas, including the casinos, scrutinize those lines on those sports books. If something goes wrong, they are on it in three or four minutes. And they have these computer programs that tell them when something is going out of whack. The only way you could manage the line would be you'd have to bet both sides and try to keep it uh, in a certain way. But uh, nobody can do that. And... 
How, how in the world now do you fix a pro football game, 22 players? You'd have to have a cornerback or somebody very important who is in a deep hole on his own gambling. That's the only way you could get at these guys. They're making too much money uh, right now for anybody to get to them. And by the way, uh, the uh, school of thought going around Chicago, do you believe that Sunday's Green Bay Bear game is the biggest sports event in Chicago history? I, I do not, and I'll give you at least 15 reasons. Okay, I'm beginning to think that it is. Uh, and it's based on the fact we have only one football team here in Chicago. It is the NFL. It is the biggest rivalry. These are the two most successful teams in the history of the National Football League. These two teams have more people in the Hall of Fame than any other teams in the National Football League. The 1963 championship game in Wrigley Field, Mm -hmm. you and I were both there, that was a very big event, but the NFL was operating at a different scale back then. The the only event I could see would be bigger would be the Cubs playing the White Sox in the World Series, which of course is utterly impossible. <laughs> and but let's say there was a game seven of a Cubs White Sox World Series. That would be the biggest sports event in the history of Chicago. This is very close to that level, I think. You know, Lester, it's interesting going back to uh, nineteen sixty three when uh, the old man Papa Bear George Hallis won his last NFL title beating the Giants uh, fourteen to ten at Cubs Park. That game was only on closed circuit in Chicago at the Coliseum, the amphitheater, and McCormick Place because the NFL blackout was still in place. There, there are a lot of people to this day who are aware of that championship who have yet to see one play from that championship. <laughs> and it was a freezing cold day. Uh, I was not prepared for the cold when I got there. I was working at a Chicago newspaper, not in sports. I was working on the city desk. I had to sneak in to Wrigley Field. Luckily, somebody fell for the police press card, uh, and I'm standing there <laughs> shivering for three hours. But I, I'm ha- I'm happy I went. I went to Florida that night, so that took care of that. My good friend uh, Barry Bonds, once again, due in court. Barry Bonds. Son of a gun. We all thought he wore the orange jumpsuit. We all thought Barry was going down. With John Ashcroft as attorney general, Barry's days were numbered. It was only a matter of time. He was going to be, uh, he was going to be doing hard time a la O.J. Simpson. Now it looks to me like Barry Bonds, if he doesn't skate, has to have the worst defense attorney in the world. He probably will skate away from this. The government case has been decimated by a series of rulings uh, All of this is based on the fact that Greg Anderson refuses to testify for the government. Anderson has already done time in jail on his own charges. He has also done time in contempt of court for refusing to testify about Barry Bonds. And without Anderson, they cannot connect Bonds to the positive tests or even to his own urine samples because Anderson Mm -hmm. presided over all of those procedures. And without him, the government does not have what they call foundation evidence, enough to get in the fact that Bonds did use, that he was caught in positive tests, and that he lied about it to the grand jury. So they they do have some evidence, enough to present the case, but it's a very shaky case. In the midst of all this, whatever happened to Victor Conti from Belgo? Victor Conti, who is the, uh, who's the leader of this entire effort, he... And he helped the his doctor, Strangelove, Patrick Arnold, develop the cream and the clear, these undetectable steroids. He ended up doing four months in jail on a guilty plea. That was it. Nothing more. 
here's the guy who's the kingpin of a drug operation, and he does four months in jail. If the seller, the wholesale seller, only does four months, what should Bonds do on a perjury case? Uh, two weeks? <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't know. The, the, and here we are. This thing has gone on for eight years. And finally, in March, we will have a trial. Give me a ballpark. What do you suppose Barry Bonds has spent in legal fees over the past eight years? He has a very impressive legal team. There are four lawyers, any one of whom could defend the case all by himself. He's got a guy named Alan Ruby, who is one of the great trial lawyers of California. Uh, he has just joined the Skadden Arps Law Firm, a powerful big national firm. And he's, he has to have spent more than $6 million, as wow. much as 10 He is getting his money's worth. There's no question about it. These lawyers are doing absolute top-of-the-line work. I keep track of all the stuff that they file and what they do. They're not too good at talking to me, but otherwise they're doing a great job. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, he spent a small fortune. There's no question. Luckily, six, he won't notice it. Yeah. Six to ten million bucks. Any of that dough tax deductible? I don't think so. I think if you're Barry Bonds, you want to be real careful with your tax deductions. The federal government is watching him on everything. So All right, well, now we, we find ourselves at a very interesting juncture. Barry Bonds, uh, 755 home runs. If Bonds is indeed found uh, not guilty, if I'm Barry, I would hire a public relations firm. I would do uh, Leno. I would do Letterman. I would do every talk show known to man. I would turn out a book. I would uh, represent church groups. <laughs> Barry Bonds should now say, I have been so brutally wrong, wronged, you have to put me in the Hall of Fame. It would be worth the effort, but uh, but as you know, he would have to have a total personality transplant if he were able to pull that off. Going on, David and Barry Letterman, would say the hell with it. Yeah, he would. He would. Yeah. He he was obnoxious before he went on the juice. So uh, how is he going to be now? Maybe it would be one of the great PR challenges in history. If somebody could pull that off, they'd be in the PR Hall of Fame, even if Barry didn't make the Baseball Hall of Fame. And my man, Mr. Munson, is in the Sports Legal Hall of Fame. He is Lester Munson from ESPN. I'm Chet Gopic. We thank our technical engineer, Mr. Dan Levy. We also thank our great friends at American Taxi. You people in the suburbs, keep it in mind for comfort, reliability, safety, always at the right price. The best way to go, the only way to go, is with John Coyne's American Taxi. We'll catch you next time around on Sports Court. So long, everybody.